When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. Yeah, what do you want? Beak or jaws? Feathers or fur? Sharp teeth or feet with claws? Whatever's preferred. They'll grant you all last requests to steady your nerves. Then podcast the body parts get severed and served. Bring your weak shit where the wolf and owler. That ain't just a mistake, that's an awful howler. Both of them are known to pull up at your shows. Have the crowd witnessing the murder like they rolled in with a gang of crows. Fuck their censorship, let them see the whole thing. They stay dressed to kill, never sheep's clothing. Dark enough to turn the sun to the moon, you'll see nothing. All you hear's a huff a puff and a... Expect killings, red spilling and flesh ripping Impressive in it, the death bringing his head spinning Just kidding, every word in his song's about two grown men Dressed up as a bird and a dog Welcome, wowzers What begins with but what, what begins with bow and ends with nuts? Yeah, bonus episode You made it sound like something that, like an omission <laughs> Oh no, man, I've got no, so much I, do, you ever, do you have that thing where you just got like A little spot and bonus is coming out of it <laughs> Of that, just well, like, bonus just weeping. my pants last night. It's just, uh, it's just weeping. It's just weeping bonus. Do you get spots? I did get spots. I don't tend to get spots now. No, not really. I have a a thing in the summer. I get like I'll get a couple of spots on the back of my neck. Like yeah. where it sweats. And I yeah, we had it. a nickname for about that on King Garo. <laughs> Vesuvius. It wasn't really that imaginative. A spot neck. <laughs> spots, spot neck. Um, <laughs> They, they, I genuinely get so fucking paranoid about them when I go into. Yeah. I went, yeah, like I sort of say, I think to myself, I'd rather them anywhere, like anywhere else on my face or my body than my neck. You'd rather them anywhere on your face. Th- th- now this is a classic. This is absolutely classic. This, this, this pessimistic kind of outlook. <laughs> this abs- patently not true that you'd rather them anywhere on your body or your face. Would you like? Would you like it on your eyelid? No, they're like, not right. Okay. No. But if if they're on your face, you can at least know they're there and keep an eye on them. Yeah, that's what I like. I, I, I'd do you know what? Rather than them being sort of out of sight, out of mind, I'd much rather every single time I looked in the mirror, as confident as I am when I look in the mirror anyway, I'd like an additional decoration. Now, I think with something like a spot, you want to be able to see what it's doing, rather than it fucking yeah. You know, like I always feel it's a bit like you know when in Stranger Things when he he puts the sort of like horrible uh, thing in the jar whatever yeah. it was called and it yeah. grows into something even worse mm. it takes over the whole world nearly yeah that's what i worry about with spots right that while it's back there i mean what what a massive lack of trust you've got in Catherine there that you don't think she'd warn you oh if, she's if, amazing if, if the spot on your neck was turning into a interdimensional alien <laughs> no she she's amazing but what what my worry is is if it's a spot on your face and like i'm walking down the street and i see you right you see a spot on my face. We both mm. know it's there, okay? Yeah, yeah. We know it's there. Yeah. If I'm going down the escalators on the tube and someone's behind me and they're like, you know, with their friend or whatever, and they nudge them and go, Sebastian, like that, look. And that they'll point at the spot. But I don't know they're pointing at the spot. But they And they think they've seen it, but I don't know it's there. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. What's your it's, problem with that? Well, it's just like everyone at the spot knows. I'm, like, it feels like everyone else is in on the joke apart from me. Yeah, great. 
Perfect. That's ideal. You, you know, like when people say, oh, you know, talking about talking about people behind their backs and all that. Love it. If you, really? if you, yeah, if you hate me and you think I'm shit and you want to not say that to me and you want to keep it to yourself and just talk about it with your mates, but ideal. Uh, do you know what I mean? I don't, I don't know about it. If, you... if this is, if there's a spot on the back of my neck that's bothering you and you're pointing at it without me ever finding out, thank you. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's oh, great. I, I constantly am thinking, what are they thinking about? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have a, I have a thing now. Where I sort of got to the age, and obviously I've always had to. Do, do you worry sometimes that we talk about being unattractive too much on this podcast? No, I mean I'm not talking about unattractive. I'm saying about spots. No, but which... I'm about, I'm about, I'm about. Okay, to, no, I'm say what you feel, brother. Say what you feel. I, I've got to the point now where I feel sort of so unattractive and getting older. If I ever accidentally make eye contact with a woman, like you know, like when you just sat on a tube or something, yeah, like that or whatever. I feel like I have to apologise. Do you know what I mean? Because I feel like I just look so... <laughs> sort of creepy and what horrible. Do you, what do you do? Just like shake your head? I, made, I accidentally made eye contact with a girl while she was eating recently. <laughs> yeah, but that's like not... She, well, no matter what your age, that's not cool to do. Like staring at people when they're no, eating. No, no. I, okay. Look how massively you changed what happened there. Instantly. I said I accidentally made eye contact with someone while they were eating. Right? And you've gone, oh, well, that's not right. You're staring at a girl while masturbating while she's eating. <laughs> no, I said, right, okay, you had like a little sneaky look at her. When... I didn't have a sneaky... No, 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 no. Not even that. I accidentally made eye contact with her. Okay, what was she eating? Like a sandwich. It was, it was, uh, it was a sandwich where, like, this stuff was all falling out of the bottom of it. Oh, you know, it was one of those, yeah, it was, yeah. you know, she was having a tough time. What you should have done is made a joke I know, as I as I picked up over the across the forty five minutes that I watched her doing a minute. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> you should have made a joke about it though. No, that that's worse to me. You know, because a girl is struggling with a sandwich, and then she's like, "Oh God, I hope nobody sees this." And then somebody makes eye contact that she's not sure if it's eye contact or not because they're not both looking in the same direction, and then you go, "Oh, struggling with that, are you?" And she thinks, "Oh no, I'm in a fucking conversation with this geezer now." No, you don't say it like that, obviously. You you, you, know, you turn around and say, uh, bloody sandwiches. Uh, and oh, just... my God. Oh, my God. Do you know what I think about that, about about saying that? What you've done now is you've given her a problem. You've given her another problem. right? She's already got the issue of dealing with a sandwich, and now you've got this thing that requires a response. And, and, and you know what men are like? Do you know what I mean? It's like what she's worried about now is if she thinks... I do not want to talk to this predatory-looking man who's just addressed me while I'm struggling with this sandwich, right? And, and now I've got to respond, because if I don't respond, he'll probably go, stuck up, bitch. Do you know what I mean? No, or something like that. but you haven't got just, that vibe just, to you. You've got a very, very sensitive, sweet vibe to you. No, 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 right? no. You, you, you think that, bro, because we know each other. But, like, you know, it, it, a stranger doesn't know that. I, have, you, have you... Look at me. Do you think I have that sweet, sensitive vibe to me? People often talk about how I've got resting prick face. Do you know what I mean? And like, and I told you this story last night. We, 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 uh, Tom came and did League of Their Own last night. Yeah. And um, we were chatting about it afterwards. And I told you about it. I was doing this that gig in Manchester. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and like I was doing this corporate, and this that I was like a surprise guest, and they got me from the hotel. I, I wasn't allowed to leave the hotel room, and they took me down this back route to the gig, and the woman's briefing me as I'm heading down to the gig. And then midway through, she just goes, can I, can I just ask you something? And I go, yeah. She goes, do you, do you actually want to be here? And I was like, sorry, what? She goes, it's just, I've been talking to you about this gig. 
just seems like you absolutely hate every minute of it. And then I start to explain to her, that's just how I am. It's just, it's just my energy is that I kind of come across like I don't want to be somewhere. Do you know what I mean? Horrendous. So then, then, then you imagine that energy in a train while you're eating a sandwich. No, but right. And the, the, some of the stuff's full. Okay. And then, and then he goes, oh, sandwiches, eh? Yeah, okay. I need to <laughs> no. call the fucking police. Or you just shake your head and just go, bloody hell, mate. Or, <laughs> or you immediately look away as I did and just let her deal with that without the added pressure of having to have a social interaction. That's kind of how I played it. Yeah. I always quite enjoy a chat sometimes on the tube, so. Yeah, well, this is exactly, this is exactly where you and I, you know, we, we, we've got a lot in common. There's a lot of things we agree on, but this is where our paths diverge I, I I wouldn't have said that. I, the truth of the matter is, in that situation, I don't think I, I'd have said anything. I'd have, I probably would have just shit my head and laughed, right? Yeah. But... Uh, uh, also unacceptable, by the way. You said that like that's a, that, also unacceptable. If she was really I, I, struggling... I, I, I want you to imagine the, the embarrassment of struggling with a sandwich. You look up, and some oaf just looks at you and starts laughing. <laughs> okay, let me think. Somebody with an oafish vibe <laughs> that you don't know is actually a sweet, sweet, lovely yeah, man. Yeah, but the difference between you is, right, yeah. you have a resting bitch face, right? Yeah. I have a resting, like, smile. Like, my yeah. vibe is very much, like, trying to sort of keep that. So I would have probably... So, so, oh, 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 sorry, are you telling me that you walk around <laughs> with a smile constantly on your face? Is that what you're saying? Not all the time, but, I, I, you know... If I'm enjoying something and I'm sort of in a happy sort of place, I'll have a little sort of smile on my face. You'll be sitting of... on the tube smiling. <laughs> yeah, I'll have a little smile when I'm on the I mean, tube. If this puts you in direct contradiction with everybody else on the tube. Have you ever, have you ever chatted to someone and made sort of like... On the tube? Know, yeah. No. Really? Yeah. It's back. And by the way, before people... Because we've had a conversation like this before. Because do you remember the time when uh, you were talking about chatting to people in the pub? Yeah. And um and I talk, I sort of talked about how unacceptable I found that. Yeah. We we did get a couple of emails from people going that my attitude was typical unfriendly southerner. You know, like because yeah. and Freddie's talked about this, where like northerners would like generally and, and I know these are, are sweeping generalizations, but um would generally talk to each other and be more friendly. And if you're on a train or something, you'll talk. You know, people would talk and stuff. And even when like we we, we spent when I spent some time in America, not so much New York. New York's really quite unfriendly but in LA people would just talk to you in the supermarket and shit like that and, and, and on public well I never got public transport in LA I don't think anyone does but like people, people just chat to you but on the tube if somebody started talking to me I mean look, it's a bit different if you get recognised I have had chats with people when you really got, I'm talking about non-recognised situations yeah, but I, I would still so for example if the yeah. tube stops in a tunnel right yeah. And you're there, like, I always count to, like, three minutes. And then if we're there for over that, I will make a joke or I will say something to the people around me. Do you know, do you, let me tell you something. If I had the ordeal of being stuck in a tunnel for three minutes, wondering when this thing was to start going again, the thing that I wouldn't want to happen is a stranger look me in the eye and make a joke. Absolutely no. the last thing I'd want. I'll, I'll... I, I, it, <laughs> Go on. I'll say something. So what, so what would you say? What would you say? We're in the t- we've been in the tunnel for three minutes. Right, I'll, right. So, okay. How many people are on this tube? Like, is it rush hour or is it sort of like 15, 20? Uh, 
let's go for, I don't know, let's go for, let's go Russia. Okay, what would you do in okay, Russia? Russia Russia, I'm standing, I've got people around me, been there for, like, around two minutes, I'm just looking around, just sort of sensing the vibe, sensing what yeah. everyone's about. But this is when, this is when, what, you start writing the material, isn't it? About <laughs> yeah, two yeah. minutes in. I'll start, yeah. I'll start playing yeah. out the next, like, I'm thinking, yeah, yeah. right, we could be here for five, we could be here for ten, I need to, like, fucking lace this, lace this next line. So then I wait for the three-minute deadline, I look around and go, don't worry, mate, I'm not in a rush. Oh, my God. Who are you talking to? Who's the mate that you're talking to? No, I'll look around the people and I'll just make sure I've got a couple of people there that sort of I, that know I'm about to drop a fucking a yeah. bit of a line and I'll go, uh, <laughs> don't worry, mate, I'm not in a rush. Do you know what I would do if I if I didn't know you and you made that joke? I would I would actually deliberately try and make eye contact with somebody to give you the fucking eye rolling of your life. <laughs> But this is right. That's the difference between me because you might not like that, and there'll always be naysayers, right? I won't but, naysay you. I'll just silently <laughs> hate you. And then other people around will go, "Yeah, exactly, mate. Uh, yeah, either am I." And I look at their watch, and then if 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 I get a good vibe back, I'll then sort of launch into a couple more things. See, so the, 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 there you go, and that's the risk that you run there because now these people are thinking, okay. He's dropped that absolute fucking egg after three minutes. God knows what's going to happen after 10 or 15. <laughs> I have done it. I have, right, I've done that a couple of times. A few times I've come in and I've laced it and I've actually sort of from there, I've had a good vibe. There's been, a, I've actually, I've saved the moment. I you have haven't been saved, You haven't saved the moment. But what, <laughs> I, what I will, what I will hold up my hands and say, I've seen you in, not in a, stuck in a tube situation but i have seen you sort of riffing with strangers and stuff and doing that stuff. you are actually very good at it you're a master of the craft yeah but it so has, maybe it's jealousy talking on my part it has backfired somewhat and i've been in those situations I've, I've been in situations and i've said something and someone sort of like tutted or someone in the tube goes yeah all right mate we all know yeah and sort of like yeah and then it's that, all, hold on tom genuinely has that honestly happened yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So what, no, what not after the first line. It's happened when I've sort of made a couple of jokes. And I'm sort we're of... Tw- 20 minutes into the fucking Netflix special <laughs> that you're delivering without anybody's request. And then always, there's been, like, I remember quite distinctly one guy was like, oh, mate, it's bad enough. Or something like that, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Limited oxygen in here, mate. <laughs> you're taking it all up with your hack routine about public transport. Oh, I remember getting stuck on the train and then... Uh, I was on there for like, we were stuck on a train for about an hour and a half and there was a load of people who were going to the rugby and they had tickets mm. and yeah. that was the hardest crowd like, that I've ever played to. Oh my God, just keep quiet. Put your headphones on, look down and hope to God nobody in- interacts with you. That's my strategy. Well, my worry is, right, that everyone's going to be, there's animosity is going to be rife after a while and aggression's going to start seeping in. Yeah. And what, what do you do with the fire? You don't wait for it to become a burning blaze before you put it out. You get to it when it's in its infancy. Right? Well, that's the difference between you and I, you know, because you see silence as a fire, whereas I see it as something nice to just sort of enjoy for a yeah, bit. Yeah, but look, train-wise, mate, and I don't know if you've ever been stuck on a train for a little length of time. I have. I have, yeah. You, you know yourself that there's a rumbling underneath that's always going to come out and bite you on the butt. So you've really got to pay heed to it. And that's what our job is in life. Yeah, I don't, I, I just don't agree. You know, if, if somebody looks like they need help, then, you know, I, I'll happily chat. If somebody looks like they're stressed out, I will calm them down or say something to reassure them. What I won't do is look around 
and think to myself, well, seems like we've found ourselves with a little audience here. You know, this is the saddest thing that I've just remembered. Yeah. Well, On that train that was there, stuck for an hour and a half, I went to the toilet, but I didn't need to go to the toilet. I just went to walk past people's tables and make sure everyone was all right <laughs> and sort of chat to people. <laughs> I walked down the aisle just going, you all right, everything all right here? Honestly, I, I don't know if, there, if there'll be any one of those people that think you're a better person as a result of you having done that. I did, but I was just made genuinely worried about people. And what, what do you mean you're genuinely worried about people? So you walked up and... If you're worried about people, leave them the fuck alone. I've also seen you, by the way. It's like, when we did, after we did House of Fools, where we get the train back from Manchester. What was it What was it you were saying? You actually, helped, you actually went up to a member of staff on the train. As we're walking down, we're walking down to the... Uh, you'd be unsurprised to hear that Tom and I were walking down to the refreshments carriage. And... Um, and <laughs> We walked past the member of staff and you went, oh, mate, somebody back there causing a right load of trouble. I'd, I'd oh, get yeah, down there yeah. as soon as I could if I was you. <laughs> yeah, I like a joke with the old train staff. It's not a joke, is it? You've wasted their time. <laughs> that was one of my favourite ever train journeys because you were, I, I was worried about you because it was a long old train journey. And you, you it was a like... long old train journey off the back of dying on my ass on the set of House <laughs> of Fools, yeah. <laughs> we both died. It was terrible. It was awful. It was, uh, it was a lovely experience for all the regular cast who are so loved by many. And uh, we're, Even we're on the train, taking... it was like they were loved. They were like sort of oh, celebrating. It was, in, it was insane. And then it was like we were, we were fucking West Ham playing at Millwall. <laughs> it was insane, man. It was just like you and, I, you, and I, you and I backstage watching all, these, all the regulars deliver their lines to absolute fucking rapturous like, laughter and ovations. And then we managed to convince ourselves that we might get something like that. We go out there. <laughs> fucking, I'm doing better in this conversation than I did on House of Fools. Mate, I've had better train gigs. I've had better tube gigs than that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that feeling we were talking about a bit yesterday, that thing where uh, when you die, and you die badly on stage yeah. or in any sort of comedy arena, the feeling that everyone else around you knows you've died and knows you've had an oh. absolute ricker. And yeah. then you're like, they don't even make eye contact with you. It's almost yeah. like, it's like they can't talk. They can't even bring themselves to say anything to you. It's the it, worst it, it, feeling. Yeah. It's, it's, it's much worse when you're first starting out because people don't have, because often the, the other thing I'd say about comedians is, and, and it's true of us as well, is that when, however somebody does the first time you see them, is kind of what you carry with yeah. you as your opinion of them for a while. And it, it, it takes a few good gigs to kind of shake that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, and so you, because of that, you're aware that that's how other people perceive it. Right. Yeah. So then when you have a terrible gig to go into the green room and just to go, not only do the audience out there think I'm shit, but now this group of my peers think I'm shit yeah. as well. It's horrendous. But now, like, for example, if, if you and I, you know, you and I gig together every now and again, if I see you die on your ass, I would just find it funny because I know yeah. that you're funny. Like it's not like I'm not watching I'm not watching somebody's shit die. So if somebody's shit dies, it's a horrible thing to watch. If somebody yeah. great dies, I it's actually quite, quite enjoy it because it's yeah. I can't wait to talk to talk. I think when you start like, out the feeling is it's like you've sort of caught like something and everyone just everyone just I remember doing it and I yeah, I even remember the people in the room. And yeah. I was fairly new to stuff. I think I, the first time I died was probably my fourth gig. I was like really fucking, you know, that thing of 
the gigs you do before, you probably haven't done that well, but you're just caught up in the adrenaline. But I remember dying really so badly in about my fourth gig and mm. and then just looking around the room, just sort of like for someone experienced to come over and say, Oh, you know what? It's fine. That happens. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But everyone sort of like was like putting their stuff together and just staring over, like, oh no, like, you know, I doubt it'll be back type thing. And me being a positive guy, I was trying to make the most out of it. Yeah. Like like sort of, yeah. That's all right, wasn't it? Oh, well, yeah, it's bloody ass. I might see you next week sort of thing. <laughs> oh, it's horrible. I was sort of like leaving the room and there was about eight audience members. It was just, yeah, fucking I did, I did. I did a corporate gig, right? And it was... Um, oh, actually, I better not name the company because it, it went pretty badly. But anyway, it was like a... It was like a, a rewards weekend for them. So like they'd done, like they'd made their sales targets for the year or something. So it's a big company wide. Yeah, yeah. Have a weekend of entertainment and like food and booze or whatever to say, you know, well done. So I was booked to like to do the gig and I turned up at this and they took me to this hotel room to like chill in till my starting time. I was with, uh, I was with Flo's brother actually. Flo, my agent Flo, yeah. her brother was like doing my, like drove me there to the gig or whatever. Uh, John and um, so we were we were, we turned up at this hotel room and the bloke like running the gig or that had booked me was going look he was going to me look I know that some corporate gigs are a bit stuffy they're a bit difficult but trust me you're going to have a great time tonight it's going to be like uh, you know it's not like these regular gigs these lot are crazy they love a good time I think you're going to find it a little bit different to your usual thing immediately alarm bells start ringing for me right, oh, right. you know what I mean because what what he what he's basically saying to me is all these people think they're like really really funny. Yeah, and it's the so, worst thing. Yeah. So anyway, I said to I said to John, I'm a bit nervous about this now. Do you know what I mean? We go down to the gig. The guy gives me an insane introduction, like like so over the top, right? This next geezer, possibly one of the greatest comedians in the world, and we've managed to get him here for you. Next, like unbelievable. People have wanted to book him. Nobody can like just really. Like, so much fanfare, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I come on, right? Honest, Honestly, there is more crowd noise on this Zoom than there was in the room. Like, like I was doing bits, like, doing my routine to, to, nof- to nothing. Not even... I was, it was like I was performing to a photograph of the audience. They just sat <laughs> there completely still and silent, right? I do my time because one of the things about corporates is no matter how much you're dying, if you don't do your time, you might not get paid, right? Yeah. So I did 20 minutes, probably did about three hours worth of material in that time because there was no gaps for laughter. I, I, leave, I leave the stage. I say to John, let's get the fuck out of here as quickly as we can, right? We run out of the back of the thing, get lost in the sort of maze of the downstairs area of that hotel, end up, right, walking towards the door that the audience are coming out of after my set. Oh. And literally, as I'm walking up the corridor, I hear a bloke go, I mean, he was one of the shittest comics I've seen in a long time, right? And then he looks at me, and possibly one of the only examples of eye contact that I would say is worse than Sandwich Girl. We make eye contact. We both, we both know, without saying anything to each other, what has just happened. And we kind of... I can't explain to you, in that second... We make an agreement that we're not going to acknowledge this any further. And then I just turn around and sort of run away in the other direction. Oh, Absolutely rank. <laughs> uh, anyway, we're supposed have, to be in an email. Have you ever done a birthday? Have you ever done a birthday, just quickly? Yeah, got, I've ever done, done a birthday. They're the worst as a stand-up. 
I get a lot of messages and I just, and, and you know, if we can spread the word here and I'm going to spread the word on your behalf as well. Tom and I will not do birthdays or weddings or anything like that. Okay? I won't be because, doing stand-up at them anyway. No. Like, because let me just say something. If you think it's a good idea to have a stand-up that, you, that your family don't know at your wedding or your birthday, let me just tell you this. It's not a good idea. Let me it's say, the worst idea. thing about doing them at birthdays, and recently a friend of mine asked me, he actually asked me if me and you would go and do the spot, and I said, look, the truth is, with these things, right, with with when it comes to doing these at weddings and birthdays, yeah, it's probably only about 5% of the audience uh, even keen to sort of see a stand-up. The rest of the people want to be chatting to people they haven't seen for a while, enjoying the fucking birthday. I did a birthday at an Essex, right? I went out on stage, and like yourself, it was like the guy again. Uh, it was in sort of like murder and successful was in its pomp. He sort of introduced me, and he was like, "I didn't even know this guy. I did stand up with very fortunate." You know, I get up, and it was agonisingly. You know, more pe- people was just walking away. Really, you know, they had the option of sort of standing and watching me in this sort of tent thing they marquee they put up, or being outside. Uh, and everyone by the end of it, there was like the guy who booked me, who was really sort of like trying to. You know, uh, it was his wife's birthday, I think, and yeah. you know. She sort of could, you could see her just sort of like wanting to get out of there, but he'd sort of go, let's stay. It's really funny. Um, I think he was enjoying the fact I died really badly. And then I sort of came on stage wanting to cry, just wanting to cry, like genuinely, like thinking this has been awful. And knowing that I had about fucking two two odd hours to get home. Uh, And then he turned around and was like, oh man, that was was great. Uh, That was brilliant. I was like, it was. Yeah, why did everyone leave? And he was like, "Oh yeah, no, a lot of them don't really like stand up." But you know, da da da. Oh uh, god. So then he said, "I'll stay for a beer, be good. and sort of like network a bit and chat to people." And I ended up staying there for like two and a half, three hours, sort of. Okay, 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 okay. Why? I ended up. Why? But I, I think this is this was my way of dealing with it, right? And this is pathetic. I have a I have a really sad version of myself, which is like I want people to go, yeah, he wasn't that funny, but he was a really nice guy, and and I sort of thought oh, I've really ruined this girl's birthday if I stay around. So I individually went round and started doing my bits of my set, sort of dropping them into conversation with various members of the family, so sort of like I go over and talk to a group and sort of crack a few jokes. And, uh, I mean, it's an incredibly time inefficient way, but uh, you know, I can see how that would by work. By the end of it, my ego was slightly back. I, I felt yeah. better about myself, and actually felt like you know what, I had made some people laugh who were at the party, mm. yeah, you know, by walking over and just going you da da da, and having a bit of a crack with them. Yeah. So my my reaction to that would be, I've been Roma Shrang and Nathan. Thank you very much. Hope you enjoy your birthday. I would have walked off stage, literally into a car. And never got in touch with anyone again because I'd have just been so mortified. But I actually think that your strategy was quite... You know what? I'm going to tell you this now. It took guts. Thank you, brother. It took courage. It showed a kindness of spirit in you that you felt like you hadn't done the job properly, so you wanted to make amends for that. And I think it's just one of the myriad of reasons that I think you're a wonderful bloke. Thank so you Well much. done. Thank you. Just quickly, the guy just, just on, tried what? to haggle me down for my payment oh even my after God. <laughs> After you spent three hours there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, mate, if you're listening to this, you're an absolute prick. I doubt anyone at that birthday party is tuning into anything I've done subsequently to to that party. (laughs) 
Right, time for some emails. Once again, thank you to the Swan, who um, I'm going to be honest with you, I had a little bit of a, a moment with this week. She probably won't want me to share this on the podcast, but I'm going to. Uh, I accepted a delivery um, of, a, of two huge boxes that were supposed to be to the house that we're moving into. Oh, no. Uh, and so we've now got two massive boxes. So, so to give you an idea of what happened, uh, she went to the house yeah. to accept the delivery. She's, she's been taking care of it. She's phoned up the company three or four times to clarify that it needs to go to that address. Yeah. She told me that's what she was doing. I was at home. So bearing in mind, she's given me that information. The delivery has turned up at this house and me just in a, being in the middle of whatever, being a, pathetic man can't multitask i've seen this delivery and rather than going oh this must be what lisa told me about and why she's at the other house i've just accepted the delivery i then phone lisa and i say there's two massive boxes and that poor woman has to deal with the fact that not only has she wasted her time waiting in this other house but her dickhead of a husband has phoned her to tell her that he's accepted the delivery that she's told him about i mean it was bad. I just want to take this opportunity to say to the swan, I'm really sorry. Wow. And I did, love you. Did she shout at you? No, she didn't shout. She's ne- never shouted at me. Ever. Really? But, yeah, but she wasn't happy. <laughs> she was not happy. <laughs> uh, we don't really shout. It's more kind of, uh, I would say, it goes quieter rather than louder. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Things are going badly. Yeah. Um, right. Time for our first email of the bonus episode. Uh, Hi, swan, owl and wolf. Firstly, I have to say how much me and my husband love this pod. Thank you for all the laughs. Uh, I'm a huge fan of sitcoms. My top three are constantly changing. My number one is always only fools, but after that, I struggle to choose. Some of my faves are The Office, UK and US Outnumbered, Motherland, One Foot in the Grave, Ab Ab Fab, Friends, and of course, King Gary. But the list is endless. So my question to you guys is, what is your top three? Thanks, gang. Keep doing you. And as always, take it to the max. Your main girl, the Red Squirrel. The Red Squirrel? Yeah. Where is this? Uh, my I wonder why she specified Red Squirrel. Is it because of this ongoing anti-immigration narrative of people hating grey squirrels? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you love anyway, politics, sorry. didn't you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, go on. That uh, was so funny. It was so... It was like you, you know the way you said that was like... A mate that you're just so tired of bringing it, bringing the conversation always back to fucking the state of the country. It's oh god, here we go. Here we're, we talking go. About, we're talking about what to have for lunch, <laughs> and this guy's talking about the the lunch choices representing the colonialism the of the British Empire. <laughs> um, anyway, go on, sir. I think uh, I think the office would have to be out there for me. I'd agree with that. Um, I, I, the Swan has picked this email out without. I mean, it's a very difficult question to answer, isn't it? I mean, no, yeah, I'd say I'd, I'd say Fools or, or Modern Family. I'd say my favourite, the one that I think the, is Eastbound and Down, I think would be. Oh, my God. I think it's an incredible so, piece of work. So good. Eastbound and Down. If you've not watched Eastbound and Down, watch it right now. Press pause on the podcast. Go, Go away and watch every episode of Eastbound and Down and then come back and listen to the rest of this. Sweet Daddy McBride is the guy. Danny McBride is is pretty much great in everything I'd say. He's right, that he's incredible. Done. Yeah. And like, yeah, just he gets it. He gets it big. 
felt like we we're having a real conversation there. No, you? no, 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 no. You sort joking. of did something that's quite performative there. I don't know what you were trying to achieve. <laughs> he's uh, he's very good, man. He's very, very good. He's really good. He's really good. So Eastbound and Down. I really like, and I know I'm talking about American ones here, but I really like It's Always Sunny. Yeah, Always Sunny good. in Philadelphia. Yeah. It's really good. I love that. That, 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 that show, what I think what I found, so for those people that don't know anything about it, it's about these four people that run a bar. Danny DeVito's in it. But um, they're all so unlikable. Yeah. Like, they're all such terrible people. Whenever, you know this, whenever you're writing about, or whenever you're taught talk, talk about writing or told about how to write sitcom and stuff, or anything, actually, you know, it's always like you've got to have characters that people want to root for. And, and the easiest way to do that is to make your characters really likable. What's more difficult is to make your characters flawed and horrible, but still have the audience root yeah. for them. It's a, it's a really difficult thing to manage, and they do that so well. I'll tell you, if you go back to sort of look at the one that broke the wheel in a lot of ways, and, and I think you can see shades of it in everything. I think Seinfeld was, uh, you go back and see what an incredible bit of work that, because that essentially is that it's four people who aren't particularly nice people. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, but actually, if you look at, go back and look at the storylines for it, how many of those storylines wound up becoming a storyline in Friends or Modern Family or anything? It's sort of like it was so brave in, in its content, Seinfeld. Mm. It, uh, you know, obviously, because now when you watch Curb, you see you see stuff that Larry David's clearly gone. That was my version of this uh, that could go out at nine o'clock or whatever, or eight thirty, whenever Seinfeld went out. And this is my version that can go out and Curb. It's going to be slightly yeah. more barred. And it's yeah. like Seinfeld is. I think I probably actually think about it, probably had to put that in my top for as a. If there's anything that you look at as the a work of art that you can. Go, oh, that's how you interwind three storylines. That's how you get every mm. you know, four main characters and get them into a, an episode. Seinfeld's the sort of yeah the basis we're all working from. I mean, I know, I know, we all love The Office, and it's an incredible piece of work. Um, the American Office is also amazing. Yeah, I mean, it, and, and it, it ran on for so much longer, obviously. Yeah, yeah. but um, some of the stories that they drop and pick up much later and things that are introduced that pay off maybe even one or two series later are just incredible. Man. Yeah, yeah. It's just... He's amazing as well. Who? Steve Carell? Yeah. He's just... Yeah. He's phenomenal. He's great. He's great. But then even like in, in the later series after he leaves, it's really sad when he leaves, but like when they've got like Robert California running the office and, uh, you know, Andy Bernard's running it and all, yeah. all of those, even after... I mean, the, the Steve Carell episodes... Probably are the best, I think. But even after, it's still great. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a Have great you show. seen a film he's done called Welcome to Marlin? No, I've not seen it. Oh, my God. So good. But really? so, yes, yeah, really sad. Yeah. Yeah, really sad. It's about a guy who plays with his toys, but, he, yeah, he's had an awful Oh, shit, time. I know. I've seen, yeah, yeah, that's, that, it looks wicked, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so there you go. I hope that's answered your question. Neither of us gave you a top three, but, you know, what are you going to do? It's a tough question. Next up, hi, Rom, Tom, and Swan. Hi, guys. The last time I contacted you was, this is a, 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 a repeat email. This is from the Tapir. Do you remember the Tapir? Oh, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What did you think he'd, what did you think he'd got wrong or something? You thought, I can't remember anyway. The last time I contacted you, I was venting about the loss of my camembert dish. As a result, I blasted my housemates for breaking it. However, there have been some recent developments since I, start, since I shared the start of this story with you, listeners. Um, I feel it's only right that I provide some closure. 
To my bewilderment, I recently found said camembert dish, fully intact, sitting at the back of the cupboard I rarely use. Of course, I was happy to see it again, but I could not wondering where I'd got the impression it'd been broken in the first place. I mentioned in the last email that the housemates aren't the tidiest of people. This paired with the fact I couldn't find the thing for almost seven months means I must have just assumed that they'd broken it at some point. Of course, now I feel like a prize idiot. Not only have I blamed them for something they never did, but to think this misunderstanding has now been broadcast to hundreds of people. I think you find it's thousands, mate. Uh, I'm feeling pretty crummy right now. I'm glad I'll be eating camembert again. However, I'd like to treat this whole situation as a life lesson, or rather, a few life lessons rolled into one. This guy really... Uh, really gone to town on this so lesson one reserve thy judgment yes these guys are dead messy but what matters is they're kind harmless people at the end of the day would you rather live with messy sweethearts or tidy wankers lesson two don't name call describing these guys as swines was a bit harsh pigs are in fact more intelligent than dogs and have a lot going for them which is sort of a contradiction there can you hear screaming yeah a little bit you know the problem with our children is that they scream uh for anything so that could be uh, they, he's just done well on injustice on the PlayStation, or that someone's trying to kill him. Uh, <laughs> it's just the same noise for every situation. So anyway, uh, lesson three: never ever assume it makes an ass of you and me. And lesson four: I know you heard this before. Never get high on your own supply. Wait, that's something else. Okay, I, I'm going to I'm going to level with you, Tappy. This needed to just be one lesson. Okay, because a lot of these are repetitious, and the last one doesn't. I think, I think Tappy, the lesson we can all take away from it is you, uh, you shot your gun without looking at the target, and uh, you should have, you know, you, you flew, flew off at the hip of these guys. Um, and I think, you know, I think shot it's, from the hip, yeah, 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 yeah. shot yeah. off, yeah, whatever. Uh, I think, uh, I think, well, you could ask us all to learn a lesson. I, I think the person who mainly needs to learn, learn a lesson is, is you, in fact, and actually. Do you know when you re- you hear something and you, I, I don't know. I actually what, feel for the housemates here. Oh, shit. Yeah. Because, you know, like at first I sort of, when when we first had for the Tapio, I really felt sorry for the Tapio. And I think, you know, and actually now when you hear this, you think actually the Tapio might be the sort of fly in the ointment of this house. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's pretty harsh from you. Why do you think that? I don't know. I just, I, I think that the, look, the Tappy has come in. He's written it. They've written to us, right? Yeah. We've, we've. I remember at the time feeling very sorry for the Tapia, and now when you break this yeah. down, and you now, could... now, 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 as you've said, as you've said the name repeatedly, I've remembered uh, what the issue is. So it's Tapir. Yeah. T A P I R. Yeah. Uh, and I remember last time you said you thought that it was Tapia misspelled. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the fish. And now you repeatedly you repeatedly refer to them as the tapia. So now, thank you for reminding me what happened. Well, I mean, so, what what do you think about this? I, I, personally, I, I yeah, I'm I'm sort of I'd like to speak to the housemates really. Look, I think that I think the tapia is uh, look they've they've jumped they've jumped to conclusions, but at the same time, if the camembert dish has been missing for seven months, then it's reasonable to assume it's been broken. What I would say just to quickly that, as well, just quickly, I'm just going to throw this in. Right, if you care that much about the camembert uh, bear dish, right, and it's just in the back of another cupboard, how much did you care that you didn't look for it that hard? Okay, you really, you've really gone for being sort of quite reluctant to criticise the tapir. It's really fucking going in two footed now. No, I'm just saying. My 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 issue is less about the uh, not looking for it and more that just sort of ask the housemates. Uh, yeah. I don't know. If, uh, anyway, uh, the point is, look, the, the truth is, is that it's a happy ending. 
the camembert dish is there. And it's also just to just to sort of make you feel a little bit bad. The address for my pub, Tapia runs a pub, is enclosed in this email. I would love to pour you guys a pint one day and apologise in person for wasting your time talking about camembert. Um, well, well, yeah, so in that case, I would love to. Whereabouts is the pub? Well, in that case, I don't think you should go to the pub. You've, like, how, how can you fucking 180 like that? Because it's a free you just, you just described You just described the Tapir as the fly in the ointment of his home situation. Where is the pub? It's in Sheffield. Oh, right. It's not too far away, actually. Well, it, no, it, what? Well, yeah, it's quite a long way away. But if yeah, we're ever I mean, in Sheffield, I want to meet the housemates and just get everyone together and go, I could bl- bang your bloody heads together, you lot. You bloody yeah. nutters. You do bloody. Him and his camembert. You and you lot and your lack of tidiness, honestly. It's like a sitcom. It'd be a dreadful sitcom that'd be cancelled after the first series, but <laughs> sitcom nonetheless. Okay. Want another? Yes, my I think you do. My darling. Hello to the dearest wolf, owl, swan and cat. Wow, the Isn't cat that kids. Nice? That's nice. Yeah. First of all, I wanted to say how much I enjoy your podcast. Your sensitive humour and words of advice are so lovely and easy, easy listen to. Mm-hmm. may I also say how pleasantly surprised I am about how you've spoken about women in a positive and balanced way not that I'd assumed you were both sexist but it's refreshing to hear two grown men speak about women and how, about how other men should speak about women in a balanced way so thank you I'm writing to you both to ask you for some advice regarding my lovely husband we've been married for eight years and over these years I've gotten to know I've gotten to him I've gotten to know him his best and worst bits fairly well this lovely man has always struggled with his weight. He's never happy with how he looks, and since I've known him, his weight has always fluctuated along with his self-esteem. Obviously, as both of you have openly discussed this in the past, brackets possibly too much. I did that because of my own self, self-consciousness. self She hasn't said that. Uh, there are many issues involved with this. When his weight is at the lower end of the scales, he will happily buy himself clothes, lovely, good-quality clothes that he's proud of. However, the rest of the time, he refuses to buy clothes for work or anything else. His current clothes are in such bad taste, washed out, holes in his trousers, buttons missing on shirts... I've approached the subject on various occasions with him and he's refusing to buy new clothes because he's not at his target weight. My question to you both is what do I do about this? Do I go and buy him new clothes? Although he's told me in the past that he hates the clothes I buy him, even though I try and buy exactly the ones exactly like the ones he has. Or do I let him stay in the same clothes, both for work or for social times, despite the bedraggled appearance? I hope you can shed some light on this problem. Many thanks. Your number one Northern Irish fan. Well, Tom, uh, I imagine you've got a bit to say on this, my dear. Shout out to Northern Ireland for a start. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Um, I would say it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because I'm at the moment in a position where I've lost a bit of timber and moving into, uh, I've I literally just got like a snake, just got rid of like loads of my old sheaths, my old skins. Uh, Have you managed to make that sound disgusting? Well, what's actually happened is you've lost some weight and you've got rid of some of your old clothes. That's all you need to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was trying like to a think. snake getting rid of its old sheaths. <laughs> It's just horrendous. Just in my head. I've got a snake throwing away some used Johnnies. I wonder if a snake could use a Johnny as a coat. Yeah, that's a great question. No, no, if it's uh, like if a snake. Email into the wolfowlpod at gmail.com. If there's any, like, what are they called? Reptilians who look after reptiles. Reptilians. Yeah, the reptilians, uh, I think, are, are creatures of, from the reptile world. All right. I, th- I, don't, I don't think you'd go into a pet shop and go, go any reptilians about. No, reptilians are experts on reptiles. No. Are you sure? No. Rep- well, I'll look it up. I'm reptilians, pretty sure rep- I'm sure are. Okay, let me look it up for you. And I'm just going to read the definition, whatever it is to you, because 
so reptilians. Uh, reptilians are blood-drinking, flesh-eating, shape-shifting, extraterrestrial reptilian humanoids with only one objective in their cold-blooded little heads. Oh, okay. So I, I think reptilian is what you refer to it, a human. You know, like David Icke. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. sort of reptilian overlords, I think that's what Yeah, I don't know too much about David Icke, but I don't like his buzz. Anyway, uh, back to the question in hand. I, th- I, think I think it's very hard when you're carrying weight to feel good about yourself like for me anyway when i'm carrying excess i'm I'm overweight i generally will put everything on and just go oh this looks horrible i you get that fucking horrible gape in your shirt you know your jeans are too tight around your waist and then sort of flip out the the bottom yeah i i would say is finding stuff though that that can look good that that doesn't necessarily require sort of that tight fit i mean if if i i think the best thing in the world romesh uses them i use them is a nice overshirt I think a sweet, sweet overshirt, something that looks good on that basis that he can wear, he can wear open with a nice T-shirt underneath. I think the fact of the matter is, though, I literally started losing weight again because I started putting on clothes, looking at myself and going, this used to look so good. I had a Stone Island jumper. We went out, I think I told this uh, story the other day, and someone literally was like, uh, didn't they do that in your size? And from that moment, I was like, actually, number one, that's hurt my feelings. Well, number- first of all, fuck, fuck that guy. But number two... I'm like this. This this used to look better on me, and now I have to lose weight so it looks better again. Mm, yeah, mm, uh, mm, and it's not good enough. To, yeah, don't get me wrong; it was a nasty thing to say, but nasty, yeah, mean, and vile. So yeah. I would say, right. yeah, I would. I would say I'd like. I'd like to put an arm around you, your fella, and just go to the gym with him and just fucking yeah, work out together yeah. and, and and make um, you feel better. I think uh, number one Northern Irish fan is. I always think, look, look, Tom's done very well and we're both trying to lose weight at the moment. Tom's doing much better than I am. But um, one of the things that um, I think is difficult is when you have some clothes, like aspirational clothes. Do you know what I mean? Where, like, you've got a set of clothes that you're hoping that you're going to shrink down into or whatever. It's, it's, never a good, it's never a good thing because it's just, it's just like a, a target to beat yourself with. One of the things that's very true about people, and I think this is true of me, is that whenever I felt on my lowest ebb mentally, you start to let go of looking after how you look. You know, it, you know, when it, you, you stop looking after your hair, you stop working on yourself, you stop dressing well. And actually what happens is that kind of, I feel like it kind of snowballs and you generally become sort of unhappy in everything, really. I'm not saying that if you, you know, it's the old thing, if you look good, you feel good. But I think that, you know, if you actually take care in your appearance and look after yourself a bit, and that includes like, you know, exercising, eating well, blah, blah, blah. You're just generally happier. So what I would say is it would, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, I'm not saying it's something to worry about, but I don't think, you know, it's not nice for your husband to be wearing like shitty clothes. I don't know what your budgetary requirements are, but I would do a little bit of research with him or, you know, or, do a bit of shopping together or something, make a thing of it. Depending on what your budget is, there are people that you can consult. They, they do online things. There's like um, there's like websites where you put in your dimensions or whatever and talk about what, and say what kind of things you're into, what kind of looks you're into, and they'll send you stuff that meets those requirements. You know, like you can look good if you're bigger. Like I know Tom's sort of saying about this guy with the Stone Island shirt. Tom always looks great. He dresses great. Do you know what I mean? And like, you know, even when he's, when he's bigger, he looks great. And it's that thing of like, you know, I, I know that we all get caught up in the thing of like clothes companies want slim people to wear their clothes. And Tom and I've talked about this in the past, but like Tom said, you can, 
you can look, you know, you can look presentable. You can look really good when you're bigger. And it's just a matter of like, of, of trying to do that. So I really do think if you put a bit of kind of time and if he puts a bit of time and if he, if you can try and get him to be open to the idea of shopping for nice clothes, despite the fact he's feeling bigger, actually what he'll suddenly discover is he, he looks good, even though he's a, a, a weight he's not that keen on. And he might just be a bit happier in himself, I think. Do you know what I mean? It's like, if you want to lose weight for health reasons and, and stuff like that, and, and you've got, you know, you've got genuine proper reason you want to do it, then great. But dressing like shit when you're at your bigger weight, it's like fucking compounding the problem. Do you know what I mean? He already feels low because he's put on a bit of weight. And then on top of that, he's wearing shit clothes. Do you know what I mean? Get drippy, mate. Yeah. Fabulise yourself. Get drippy with it. You know? Should we do one more, Tommy? Let's do one more, my sweet prince. Okay. Dear Wolf Allen Swan, I recently moved house, brackets. I was living in a house uh, with a family in London, just renting their spare room, and I've moved in with my boyfriend and our friend. After leaving the family, I got a message saying I'd left a few things behind. They said a pair of jeans and some other knickknacks. I went to collect them, had a nice chat, and headed home. Upon returning home, I opened the bag, and as I looked inward to see the tat I'd reclaimed, my heart dropped like a stone. Nestled amongst the miscellaneous girl crap and pens, I noticed that somehow I'd left Mr. Buzz, my bright pink rabbit vibrator, who was now staring up at me. Oh, a wave of horror washed over me. So I imagined both the discovery and subsequent conversations within the family, and I felt disgustingly embarrassed ever since. Now, I'm aware you're both men and probably haven't left your vibrators anywhere, so maybe the swan could give me a bit of advice as well, if she doesn't mind. Um, well, she hasn't openly discussed it with me recently, but <laughs> based on what our activities are, I imagine she's got an extensive collection of vibrators. Um, I don't know whether I should message them apologising or leave it. They're adamant they wanted to stay in touch when I moved out, as we all got on very well. I just don't want to send a Christmas card this year and be remembered as the pink rabbit vibrator lodger forever on. But then again, I'm sure that ship has sailed. Any help would be greatly appreciated, and your podcast has never failed to cheer me up and make me laugh. Take care. Uh, she's not said anonymous, so I'll give her name, Jess. Wow, Jess. Wow, what a conundrum. Uh, I think the truth of it, and uh, number one, I think they're, I think they're, they're, they're wrong here. Do you know what I mean? Why are they wrong? Because I think that that's a bit that that when you say, oh, "Look, you've left a few bits behind," they don't have to put that in the bag. Do you know what I mean? Like what I'd have done is not put it in the bag and just give them back everything else, and not not put it in because that's awkward for everyone, right? I think I'd have just gone right. Let's throw that in the fucking bin and give her back everything else. Because it's so awkward for poor Jess. Yeah, yeah, sure. It is. It is awkward for Jess, but but they don't know that Jess had forgotten that she left the vibrator there. So if Jess thinks she's left the vibrator there, and then they return the stuff, th they run the risk of her going, "Oh, that's weird. They've kept my vibrator." <laughs> yeah, but, well, that is weird, right? That is weird, right? But you must know if you're putting that in a bag, like she's gonna fucking. Poor Jess is going to feel embarrassed by this. You mm. must, right? There's no way anyone in the world is sort of like, oh, I hope my pink vibrator is still in there. Like, well, do you know that? Do you know that for definite? Because they might just be quite liberated and sort of think, you know, vibrators are a, a normal thing. Yeah, a normal people, thing, you know? yeah, yeah. But people's got people got to do what they got to do. Then in that case, make a joke out of it. Right, right, right. Go on. So tell me what if, my if point you is. The, is sneakily put into the bag. If you were the father of the family, yeah, you, you're involved in this family. You've had a lodger. Uh, now let me tell you something. If we'd had a lodger, yeah, and I was packing up their stuff, and I found a vibrator, yeah. First of all, I don't even know how I would 
sort of broach that I'd feel very sort of I would feel, I, I'm, not, I'm not prudish I'd feel slightly kind of anyway yeah so you find this vibrator you pack it up what would you say I will firstly I would go down the avenue of going number one like let's not put this in the bag and let's just fucking dispose of it it's like this you know and they would make the, the the clear argument that it just looks like you've thrown away someone's vibrator and that's an insane idea right so then then you've got to return it okay so then what happens it, I, I would probably just to make it because what's happening is you walk that's this is where we come back to the train thing you got to make say something about it you know like if you're giving it back because what the, the truth of the matter is jess right it's now jess has got this amazing family she was friends with Della, they live with them Right, and now she feels awkward about the whole thing because it's yeah. so awkwardly being put into a bag. I, I personally would wait for them to get in touch with you. That's what I'm right. saying. I, I just think because there's no... Like, when you've done something, and I've been in lots of situations where I can tell you where I felt embarrassed or I felt silly about something or, you know, I felt like people have judged me. We're talking about Spotgate again, right? Yeah. Yeah. I felt like that. But don't get me wrong. These people might not even think about it. It might never be a thought. Jess is obviously thinking about it because she's emailed in about the problem, right, and how she feels about it. I can see where Jess is coming from. I would wait for them to get in contact. I would probably wait then before I ever mentioned it again. And if I'd wait for them to make a joke out of it. So what, Jess is never going to contact them again? I'd wait to see, like, let them fold first. Let them message her and then message them back. Okay. But I, I just think, okay. uh, look, right. the truth of the matter is, they, they might be liberated people. They might just be like, oh, it doesn't really matter. It's fine. Do you know what I mean? It's cool. Like, whatever. People got to do their thing. But for Jess, it's very embarrassing. And I can see that mm. she's obviously mortified because it straight away gives them a way of thinking about, you know, something different from the, you know. Yeah. I get it. We all do well, stuff. Well, if I was a family, what I would have done was I would have taken all the stuff and I would have put it in a cardboard box and I would have, like, taped the box shut, right? Yeah. And then I would have got in touch with Jess and I said, um, because we're using the room, we we got the room a proper deep clean, so we got a cleaner in to tidy everything up and like give it a proper clean. And just as she was like, after she finished the job, she gave us this sealed box with a load of stuff uh, that I think is yours. Come and collect it whenever you want. So so then Jess thinks that it wasn't them that found it; it's some random cleaner that she doesn't know. And that is and a good. That's probably one of the best plans you've ever had. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank <laughs> no, you so much yeah. for sort of both complimenting me and insulting me. At the same time, I, I would um, say also the worry is right is the fact they use the phrase knickknacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I well, actually, we don't know that they definitely use that. That might be just. I, I would just say that when you use that, it's a very uh, what's the sort of uh, you know what's the thing when you're being aggressive but you're not being aggressive in your language? Passive aggressive. Yeah, that's exactly what that is. What knickknacks is not passive aggressive. It's is very it? yeah. Oh yeah. What, when you're talking about pink vibrator, I think it's definitely without a doubt. No, if you've said if you've left some of yeah, your no, but you specified toys and assorted amusements. Yeah, <laughs> if you've gone like you've left your jeans and some knickknacks. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if this family have children. Yeah, well, no, otherwise you would have just been living with another couple that would have kids. Yeah, definitely. I oh, think right, probably okay. two or three kids, yeah. I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, you can absolutely determine the, the number of children from this email. You're right. You're totally right. So, um, uh, yeah, look, Jess, I, I, it's a difficult one. It's a difficult one, depending on how embarrassed you are about it. Um, Just this is one of those ones that I think we both want to hear back and see what happens, and hopefully it resolves. Yeah, I think itself. I agree with Tom. I think wait for them to get in touch, but I would just make a joke about it. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I saw you found Mister Buzz. Yeah, or if you go to the house for dinner, just sort of make a joke about it and just say, oh, "I'm just heading up." So, 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 oh shit, I forgot my vibrator. Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just gonna go and 
Oh, God, I was about to say something horrendous there. Yeah, so, um, thank God you put the brakes on that one, Big Burn. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, right, good luck, Jess. Thank you, uh, Jess. I don't really feel like we've answered your, your problem, really. No. But, um, well, look, they, they were adamant they wanted to stay in touch. So stay in touch doesn't suggest that, like, they're going to be meeting up. No. They're like, you know, just stay in touch. So, yeah, Tom, I think you're absolutely right. I, I don't think you should message apologising, Jess. You've got nothing to apologise for. Uh, Jess, you, Jess absolutely... you are in the... You've Jess, done nothing yeah, wrong. Jess, you're a saint. We, we, need to be more, we need to be more affirmative in this. Jess, there is nothing wrong with having a vibrator. And Jess, you are a, you're a frigging wrong. saint. So, yeah, you're an absolute legend. Do not succumb yeah. to their power play. Yeah, so uh, just leave it and they can get in touch. And what will happen is, in a while, you'll forget about it. And then maybe... In three years' time, you'll be having some night out, all of you, some sort of reunion, and they'll go, you know, one of you will bring it up and it'll be a hilarious thing yeah. to look back on. But you have got, do not apologise for having a vibrator. No. Ever. Unless you're in an airport or something. And you put it in your hand luggage. Yeah. Which that's super weird. Yeah. Robsky, thank you, baby. Thank you so much, Tom. Uh, it's been a lovely ride. Yeah. Uh, we will see you guys again Wednesday uh, Wednesday for the next episode of the podcast um, keep smiling keep shining wow. go on keep grinding no don't keep grinding I hate that phrase keep shining uh, keep shining knowing you can always count on me for sure that's what friends are for oh uh, there we go. speaking of music do you know what I just started listening to on Apple Music yeah I listened to a playlist called I Miss UK Garage right yeah and you know what guys if you fancy a little trip down memory lane just pop that on a couple of classics on there uh that i think you're gonna like you are too cute for school kid uh all right guys take care uh we love you very much peace out enough respect peace and love in heavens above If you have a problem, opinion, feedback, or anything at all, please email us at wolfalpod at gmail.com. That's wolfalpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you.